No pressure at all. Once you start realizing that you have those little ones watching you, and they're going to imitate you. I know when I was uh, a young father, my son may have been five, six, seven years old, and I'd be out mowing the yard, and then there would be my shadow back there pushing that lawnmower that goes click, 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 following right behind me. But that's not where it would end. Even today, my son being 45, he's not 50 yet, but he is 45. <laughs> oh, the devil's working on me. <laughs> I know you will be too. But even at this age, like yesterday, I had my son and grandsons with me, and I'm not conscious of how they're watching me, uh, watching what I do, what I say, what kind of language I use in their presence, that they notice that I am in church each and every Sunday. Uh, it sends a message. When we're together, we do not start to eat without a prayer. It sends a message. So they, unbeknownst even to them, they're watching. They've got a role model. That's you and that's me. Unfortunately, there's a lot of individuals that grew up without that role model and are growing up today without that role model. Becky uh, Bar uh, Barker, is that right? That was down at the uh, school, the uh, pre-K school. She, pardon me, am I right? And uh, she was saying that about 70% of those little kids in there did not have a male role model. I mean, that, that just blew my mind. I would go in periodically and read a story to them, and I'm glad it was a pre-K book, and <laughs> I would read that story to them, and each time I'd come back, they would just swarm around me. I'd like to say it was my aftershave, but it really wasn't. They were so happy to have some male that would pay attention to them. There's no telling what they'd have done if I could have taken them, say, to Sonics for milkshakes, something of this nature, and spent some quality time fishing. There's no telling. It would make a difference in their life, just something that was very, very simple. I was blessed, and I hope you were. I had a role model. A role model I could look up to. Was he stern? You betcha. And I think about him all the time, about the lessons he's, he taught me, and I'm still reliving. I think Dad would have done it this way. And usually his way was better than my way. So I'm consciously still going back to those lessons. We are fortunate that... For each and every one of us. Then we also have the example of our Lord and our Savior. And it is so important that we love our fathers and our mothers. That it is one of the Ten, com uh, ten Commandments. And I'm not going to read it from uh, the book of uh, Deuteronomy. But I'm going to read it from the book of Matthew. Because Jesus is talking in this position to a very wealthy young man. And he is wondering what, what he must do to have everlasting life. 
And Jesus replied was, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother and love your neighbor as yourself. That's in Matthew verse 18. Then Jesus, uh, then the young man answered. He says, all of these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. And the young man walked away with his head down. But the Old Testament, the New Testament, say, honor your father and your mother. And you may say, you know, how can I honor someone that as I was growing growing up that was physically abusive to me? How can I honor someone that was verbally abusive to me? How can I honor someone that was never around? How do I do this? You know, there's so much anger still, no matter what age, still in regards to that, and it's hard to overcome it. I'm not trying to simplify it at all. It's very, very difficult, because if it's going to hurt you at all, anything is, it's going to be if your mother and your father are abusive. You would love to have that nurturing relationship. You would love to have that person standing on the sidelines when you were playing football or when you were playing volleyball. You'd love to have that male role model there to follow. I've shared this story with you before, but it's worth repeating. There was a young man, a very, very close acquaintance of mine. He's my nephew. And he, he asked, uh, his dad told him that you, you've got to grow up and be a man. And he asked his dad, how do I do that? I had no role model because he came from a divided home. He was with his mother. He didn't spend a lot of time with his dad. So he was at loss. How do I do that? How do I become a good father? How do I I, I nurture a relationship so it'll be so much better than my relationship, say, with my father was? Hopefully there are those that can turn to a friend, maybe somebody they work with that they respect, and have those visits while they're having some, a cup of coffee in the morning or after work when they're having a hamburger. They have a chance to visit and they see this individual that is involved in their son's, their daughter's life. A role model. When I first came here, I just, I just gotten acquainted with uh, James Fuquay. And I called him one day. Now, he made me nervous. He came to a funeral. He makes a lot of you nervous. Uh, But he was at a funeral that I just uh, conducted, and I was standing back in Fellowship Hall, and he came up to me, and I had no idea who this guy was, and he says, I want you to do my funeral. I said, well, how are you feeling? (laughs) Do I need to get the mirror out or what? And uh, I said, if I'm going to do your funeral i got to find out who are you. First of all, what's your name? And so over a period of time, I got acquainted with him. And 
early on I called him and I asked, and it's in the middle of the afternoon, where are you? And he's watching his son practice football. Not a game, but practice. And I says, that's pretty cool. You're taking out time of your day to go watch your son practice. He says, is there any place better for me to be? I mean, ever since then, I've had a great deal of respect, and I've seen how James spends so much time with all of his kids. And he says that's the best investment that he's got. And it's true for each and every one of us. That's the best, the best advice that we could give to, any, to each other is spend time. Spend time with your children. Spend time with your grandkids. When you have a chance, sit down with them or, or take them for a ride. Go, go to the Sonic. Go to the uh, water park. Spend quality time. Make a rule that they have to put down their cell phones so they'll be talking to nobody but you. Have that quality time. It's not easy. I don't want anybody to think that I believe that it's easy. It's not easy for the ladies to be the mother, and it's certainly not easy from the standpoint of being a role model for their children. It's not easy for either one, but it's something that we took on when we said we were going to be parents. And God has told us to honor your father. And if we really want that same respect, it's going to be how we treat our children. You know people, and I know people, that there's no way their kids are going to respect them. I don't know how many people I have seen that they have seen spent more than half of their life in prison. They've never been around their kids. There was certainly not a good role model for them. You and I, have that responsibility. And I have seen in some cases where a friend steps in in lieu of the fact that there's not a man in the family. He's not at home. So he starts taking this young man, this young lady, takes them fishing, takes them on a trip here or there, but they are given their time so there will be some kind of role model, a positive role model for them. Someone that they can at least look to. In the book of Luke, we're reminded of Jesus. This is in the second chapter in the 48th verse. Jesus had been missing for three days. The family had been in Jerusalem. They all left And at that time, the kids would go with their aunts, their uncles. They were all extended family. And Jesus had been missing three days. They turned around and went back in Jerusalem, and they found him in the temple. The Word tells us, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? His, excuse me. Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Anxiously. Can you imagine in today's world if they've been missing two or three days? 
Anxious might be an understatement to say the least. They went looking for him. You see, our Father knows that we are not perfect. None of us. Only Jesus Christ. I'm not going to expound on that because we all know it. There's not a single one of us perfect. But he never gives up on us. We make those mistakes. We're sorry for them. There's some that you live with for the rest of your life. But he will forgive you. He will give you a second, a third, a fifth, a 70th opportunity to improve your situations. He doesn't give up on us. Just like Mary and Joseph went looking for Jesus, you and I should be looking for Jesus. We should be searching it out. Where are you, Jesus? And sometimes, early in our walk with the Lord, we don't feel that presence. But just like He does not give up on you, don't give up on Him. Because the problem is not with Him being with you. It's a matter of you being able to understand that He is with you. That you can see those little ways that He's with you that you in the past were not aware of. You had overlooked them. This happens to me all the time now. All the time. I'm aware, aware of His presence. And 10, 15 years ago, I'd have thought, what a coincidence. What an accident. You know, how lucky I am. But today, I notice when He is with me, because He is searching, He does want me to come back to Him. When I have swayed off and uh, just wandered off, then he, he wants me to come back home. Come back home. And there's been a many a times that He had to come looking for me because I was lost. I was a lost soul. But He has asked us, to honor our fathers, honor our mothers. So your relationship with your dad was bad. I'm sorry. I am so sorry. Maybe you haven't had a conversation with him in years. I'm sorry. But in honoring your father, which we're told to do, we can pray for him. We can pray for him. We can pray that God's Spirit will enter their heart and their soul, that there will be that change in their life, that God will be with him. Because no matter what your relationship with your dad is, God's going to be with him just as he's going to be with you when he makes those mistakes. He's going to be with him when he turns back to God. I understand it. My heart goes out to you because I didn't have that kind of relationship. I don't have one of those stories that I know some of you do because you've shared them with me. I don't have that relationship. Never have. So I am truly blessed. But some of you have had. Some of you, just that thought of picking up the phone and calling your father. It's like that telephone's on fire and there's no way you can reach over and pick it up. I understand that. But you can lift up a prayer and you can ask 
the Lord to enter his heart. Ask the Lord to change his ways. Joyce Myers had an abusive father when she was a young lady, very young, before she was a teenager and then in early years as a teenager. It left her scarred for, for life. And she had to work through that, had to work through that relationship. When he passed away, she was the one sitting by his bedside. She had to take the word of God that she preached, take it serious, take it seriously. We also have the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son had left home. I'm not going to read it because you all know it. The prodigal son left home. He wanted all of his inheritance. His dad was kind enough to divide it up. Here it is. Best wishes to you. And he got off on his own. He had money in his pocket, as we would say. He was able to entertain friends. He was able to have a good time until he was broke. And it's amazing how those friends are no longer around, not even for a meal. Hey, come over to our house. Come over and sleep. We've got a pallet. We can put it on the floor. Those that were hanging around because of the money, they were gone. He finally realized that even his dad's servants were fed better then he was being fed. As a Jewish person, they have no, no contact with pig, with swines, and yet that was his fate, was taking care of those pigs and wallowing in the same mud as they were, and finally he swallowed his pride, and he went home. The Word tells us that as the lost son went through the gate, his father saw it at a distance and went running to greet his son. He was embracing his son, and the son did not know when he got there what kind of reception he would have, but his dad embraced him and was so glad to have him home. He put the robe of royalty on him. He, he made sure that he, the, the servants were taking care of him, cleaning him up, kill the fatted calf, all of the things like that, put his, the ring on his hand. You see, he was lost. The son was lost. We have the situation in which the father was a forgiving father. He had love that no matter what his son did, he was not going to sever that relationship between him and his father. It was still his son, and he was welcoming him back. Another reason that he probably saw him at a long distance is because he'd been waiting for his son to come back. He saw him at a distance because he was praying for his son. 
Please, God, keep him safe. Please, please, Lord, just take care of my son. And if it's your will, bring him home to me safely. Please, God. So he was praying for him. Every chance he had. So when he saw his son coming at a distance, he recognized the walk, his, his posture, and he went running to him with great excitement. And the same reaction that he has for you and me, and yes, your father, your father that's made a lot of mistakes, the good Lord would welcome him back. Him back to, to God Himself. You see, God will forgive sooner than you will. But aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that He does forgive when we ask? Because we too have made our mistakes. Our fathers are not the only ones that have made mistakes. God is waiting for you and me to turn toward Him and ask for forgiveness. God is waiting for our fathers that have gone astray to come back to Him. Searching. There was a man in this community when I first met him. One of our conversations, he let me know because I guess it was one of the heaviest things on his heart that he had not heard from his father in 10 years. And you could tell it was a great burden there. A great burden. But sometimes in the next four or five years, he picked up the phone and his dad was saying, Happy birthday, son. Happy birthday. So they re established a relationship that had been totally severed. Within the next few years, he went back home, and I believe it was Tennessee where his dad lived, and they had a, a better relationship than they'd ever had because of the forgiveness of both. The son, the prodigal son, he came back home because he knew where the father was. You and I know where our father is. Let us not be judgmental of our fathers because we're not perfect. I'm not going to uh, switch my sins for this person or that person. I've got enough of my own. They've got to carry theirs. You and I have got to carry ours. We've got those sins that we have in our lifetime also. But we need to go back home. Instead of pointing fingers at our dads, we need to ask the good Lord to be with us. Ask for wisdom so we don't make the same mistakes. Ask for mercy and grace, that that He paid for on that cross. Ask Him. Ask Him. Get your life right with God first. And it's amazing how everything else will work out when you get that right. When you get that relationship with God, it's amazing how relationships with your spouse, with your children, with the employees, when God enters your life and your soul, you get so, you're, you're 
you're getting right, as I just said. Things seem to move smoother and better. There seems to be less drama in your life when you get that relationship right. And let us not forget the older brother. The older brother stayed and he did what he was told to do and he was the good son that took care of business. He was, you might say, the dream for the father because here is the one that is following in my footsteps and someday I will turn it over to him and it will be managed wisely. But this son, the oldest son, was furious because his younger brother was received in such a manner. You see, the older brother was working through jealousy. He couldn't understand why the father was so happy. He had bitterness in his heart. He could brag on himself and how I stayed and I've taken care of the the business, but he still had some things that he needed to overcome. Those, Those feelings of hate those feelings of anger, those feelings of, gen, uh, of jealousy. I've been with you the whole time, he told his dad, and yet you've never killed a fatted calf for me. He says, but son, I have you forever. Your brother was lost, and now he's found. So the older brother had to work on his head as well. Maybe he could have something change in his heart so he too could be happy that his brother was back. He too could be happy that his son, his brother was alive. We all have our situations. And too many times we judge other individuals. And if we'd spend that much time on ourselves and our own weaknesses... then our lives would be better. Because I know it's a full-time job trying to keep up with what Wayne has been doing, the mistakes, things I've said, things I've done, things I didn't do. I've got a full job, full-time job on Wayne. So I don't need to worry about my older brother. I don't need to worry about anybody else. I just need to take care of my business. And if I take care of my business, I'm going to be someone that my grandkids can look up to. That my grandkids can be proud of. And that my son could say, Dad, I want to be like you. Let's take care of each other. Let's take care of our own own weaknesses. And sometimes, like on the men's night, we, we're in there at the men's night and somebody hangs back and two or three of us have a talk because they're having some issues at home. Let's, let's be there for each other as well. Let's give each other that support that we all need sometimes in our life. We need it. It is so valuable. One of the toughest times in my life, I know a, a guy that I just wore out about three, three days a week meeting him for coffee at about two or three in the afternoon. 
Finally, he threw up his hands. I've had enough. I wore him out. His, his ear was even a little bit uh, bloody, I believe. I wore him out, but I needed someone I could talk to. Let's be there for each other. Let's be there for our sons, our grandsons. Let us be there as Jesus Christ is always, always, 